gift greatly helps us as we move forward in faith to reach our children of all ages. Thank you for your shared commitment to spread the love of Jesus. I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The following program presents principles designed to promote good health and is not intended to take the place of personalised professional care. The opinions and ideas expressed are those of the speakers. Viewers are encouraged to draw their own conclusions about the information presented. Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm your host, Margot Marshall. Scientists have made the discovery that the brain is plastic. That is to say, the brain has the ability to be shaped or formed by new activity, even into old age. Today, we'll discover how CBT, or cognitive behavioural therapy, can help to shape it for the better. Besides changing brain chemistry positively, cognitive behavioural therapy has many other benefits and perhaps a good place to start would be to define cognitive behavioural therapy and who better to do that than my guest Dr Eddie Ramirez. Welcome Eddie. Thank you. What is cognitive behavioural therapy? Cognitive behavioural therapy as its name says is composed of three words. So we have the word therapy, which means treatment. We have the word behavioral, which has to do with your behavior. I think we all know that one. <laughs> and cognitive is basically an exotic word for thoughts. Okay. So we can summarize this as the treatment of changing the thoughts in order to change the behavior. Excellent. Very well explained. And this is something essential. We have a, a depression program, extremely successful. 95% of the people that do our depression program will get better. Now, what's that 5%? I call it the disobedient patients. <laughs> Those don't want to cooperate with the program. Unfortunately, it's not going to work. But the 95% of the people that do those behaviors, they will improve their mental health. Mm -hmm. And one of the essential parts of this therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy. And basically, is teaching the person to take responsibility for their thinking. Nobody else can think for you. You are responsible to control your own thoughts. And you know, the, the way you think has an implication in your brain. And that's why the way you think can change your brain towards good or not so good. So the tools you're going to learn today are powerful. 
because this is something you can start doing and you can start helping to change and make that brain plastic. So that could be something a person could do without a therapist necessarily. That's right. Uh, you can do it with or without a therapist. There's many books that you have available to read about this and start applying that. As we tell our patients, look, this is not the way our brain works, but just for illustration purposes, we tell them. Imagine that your brain has two sides. You have a positive side, which is a beautiful grass field with flowers and sunlight and so forth. And you have the other side of your brain in which you have cloudiness and it's raining and it's muddy everywhere. And um, there are some people that like to drive their thoughts to the negative side of the brain. Mm -hmm. So they have driven so much through that mud that there's so much mud accumulated on that side of their head that they walk like this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's not the way the, the, the brain works, but it's for illustration purposes. So what I want you to do is to start analyzing what you think. See, our, our heads are like, like, like a television channel. You can change the thought. Mm -hmm. You can choose not to think about certain things. For example, I'm a physician that is very against abortion. But as you think things, it's like a pregnancy. So you keep on thinking certain things, and that starts becoming like a little baby in your head, and sooner or later, those thoughts will give fruit to some action in the reality world. So, again, this is the only type of uh, abortion I promote, which is <laughs> to avoid the wrong types of thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, if your thoughts are not correct, start working with them, start stopping them, and start replacing them with good thoughts. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. I think the replacement idea is very good because if you focus on what you don't want to think about, that, <laughs> you're actually thinking about it, isn't it? That's right. But, so, but, yeah. again, you, even, even if you catch yourself thinking about mm -hmm. what you shouldn't be thinking, mm -hmm. you can say, no, I choose not to think about this. I want to think about something else. Yeah. Again, I cannot force you to think this way or that way. I can... Uh, personal choice. That's right. I, I need to choose that all the time. Not, not only once a, 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 a day, but every single time. And as you start changing those patterns of thought, neuroplasticity start taking place, and the old thoughts start to be think, thought less and less, and the new thoughts more positive and so forth start to become more second nature. Second nature. I like that term because it does. It just becomes natural after a period of time. I mean, I've changed some things in my life, and things that I never thought I could, and you just don't think about it anymore. It happens just... That's right. Itself. It is second nature, literally. And that's why CBT has been documented to be a powerful yeah. thing for change. Mm -hmm. We can see, for example, on screen how CBT has such a, 
uh, implications as effective as a drug therapy. That's incredible. No side effects, makes you the probability to relapse to addictive behaviors and so forth much less likely. And it helps you because it changes the chemistry of the brain. And that's why it can help with somebody with depression to change their outlook. As those thoughts are repeated, the other wrong thoughts are stopped. Then neuroplasticity takes place and the behavior changes on the person. So this neuroplasticity is actually a physical thing that takes place in the brain. It is the shape of the brain, the physical. chemistry of the brain. It's not just thoughts that seem to don't have any substance. It's actually a physical. That's an, and and this has only recently been discovered, fairly recently. Is that right? Yeah, it's been yeah. documented recently. We have yeah. seen it many yeah. times, but it finally has been documented recently. Mm. And the thing is that the wrong types of thoughts will give you the wrong types of feeling. For example, some people feel that they're unfulfilled, and they say, "Oh, I'm not successful. I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough." I'm not this or that to feel happy and fulfilled. Or sometimes you think that the negative feelings that you have are the guilt of somebody else. <laughs> or oh, the old see what you made me do. <laughs> yes. So, so there's some yeah. truth that sometimes some bad things happen to us, but that doesn't mean that we can choose something else. See, and when we have this type of victim mentality, if we keep repeating that on our head, neuroplasticity takes place in a negative fashion, mm -hmm. and then our self-worth, our vision for the future, our behavior changes in that negative fashion. That's why um, Solomon uh, writes, as a man thinketh on his heart, what? So is he. So is he. Your yeah. behavior changes when you change the way you think. Somebody paraphrased that as, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 um, it just sounds like a clever saying, but it's so true. Now, somebody that has documented CBT in our modern world is uh, Dr. Ellis. And Dr. Ellis um, documented how when somebody is depressed, he says, he writes, there is like rivers of negativity. And he was very against religiosity, Albert Ellis. He, he writes down how religious belief is equal with emotional disturbance. And the more you do it, the more committed you are, the worse you are regarding your mental health. That's what he wrote on his beginnings of his clinical practice. Now, he was not a theoretical writer. In other words, he was not just writing theory, but he was actually in the clinical practice. So as he started treating patients in the clinical world, he started observing something. There were some people that were actually being benefited by certain religious practices. So even though he writes very negative about religious beliefs at the beginning of his career, he changed his thinking as he started seeing what was happening 
to the patients that had religious belief. And we can see in, in screen what he writes later on. He says, I can safely say that the Judeo-Christian Bible is a self-help book that has probably enabled more people to make more extensive and intensive personality and behavioral changes than all professional therapists combined. Oh my goodness, all of them combined. <laughs> that, that's, that's quite a statement coming from the position that he originally from held. From somebody negative that yeah. didn't want to do anything with spirituality. Mm. He understood that those people that were having the Bible reading, praying type of, of behavior, he saw that that had a beneficial effect at the level of their thoughts that changed their behavior and that changed their outlook. That's how powerful the Bible is to change a life. And this is coming from somebody agnostic. Yes, yes. I gather he hadn't actually become a Christian, but he had understood the benefits. So he is the one that started documenting this. Maybe he's got another chapter to write. That's right. You know, (laughs) he still has an opportunity to choose otherwise. And we hope, you know, that he makes the right decision. So what is this uh, CBT? We can summarize that in the following chart. The chart of the A, B, See, and we can see that on screen. See, your emotional status at the moment, your emotional consequence, is not the result of an activating event, the A. So everything happens because we have activating events all the time. Examples of activating events, you got dressed and as soon as you were getting off the, to the car, you slip and you stain your clothes. You're cooking and you burn your food. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> you come to, to your work uh, after the weekend and the boss is ready there to rebuke you for this and that and suddenly everything changes, isn't it? So. All the time we're getting activating events. You know who doesn't have activating events? Events? Dead people. I was just going to say dead people. (laughs) Dead people, no more activating events. If you're alive, you have activating events. Now, think about this. You can have 10 people seeing the same thing. How come the reaction is so different? In fact, my daughters were talking about this yesterday, how uh, the other day something happened. No, couldn't care less about it. And my wife, oh, was making a big scandal about it. Why, even though we saw the same thing, how come our behavior is so different? A-C-B-T, A-B-C. A, activating event. We can see that on, on screen again. But in between the activating event and the C, emotional consequence, there is a 